morning, morning. This is Lucinda Kay on Speaking Freely, and I'm so glad you're along for the ride. Today we're talking about the Ageless Mirror athlete. We have author Mark Woodard with us. He's a homegrown tigered boy. I am. Right? Yes. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. First of all, what does it mean to be an ageless mirror athlete? Well, ageless mirror athlete is somebody that wants to look and feel good, wants a sense of well-being. Uh, And when we look in the mirror, we all see a different image of ourselves. And some people see an overweight person, um, somebody that's not really fit, healthy, mm-hmm. or they're immobile, and um, they want an opportunity. They go into different, um, I guess, industries like the fitness, the nutrition, the health, to try to find a solution, and not all those solutions are what they're cut out to be. So uh, a lot of people just want to be able to be mobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they want that good health. Motion they, is lotion. The emotion is lotion. <laughs> they want to look fit. And healthy, but it's it's something within their mind's eye. Mm-hmm. And so the term ageless is if you feel good, you look good, and you know you're doing things to the best of your ability. Yeah. Uh, at least in my mind's eye, it's ageless mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter about age. It's just a number. Yeah, that's for sure. I yeah. preach that and practice that every single day. Right. So you've written a book about it. I did. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> have you written a book before? I did. Um, that was in the mid-90s when I was in the Air Force on mm-hmm. active duty. Actually, I take that back. I was in the reserves at the time, mm-hmm. but uh, Macon, Georgia, Warner Robins Headquarters Morale, Welfare, and Recreation gave me the opportunity after I received my undergraduate's degree here at Portland State yeah. uh, in exercise science. And a lot of people compare that to exercise physiology. They're mm-hmm. similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was in the reserves, the Air Force Reserves, Um, I had an opportunity to run a fitness center there on the base. Uh, Also had an opportunity to custom program um, fitness programs for fighter pilots, whistles, or the navigators. Yeah. Uh, Back then was the F-15s. And basically it'd come back maybe injured or have neck strains. The base commander, which was a general, Mm -hmm. uh, asked me if I could do that. So that's really where I got the education, educational background to really customize the program. Then yeah, that, the practical part. Yeah, then it ran into other things like, hey, can you improve my golf swing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, can you, can you improve my bowling skills? Right. You know, I'm weak on this side or that. It, it just mm-hmm. ended up into a bunch of um, pretty neat opportunities mm-hmm. for myself. So this thing, uh, Warner Robbins offered me the opportunity um, to write a book, um, fitness and wellness book Mm -hmm. and it went out to 190,000 soldiers in the reserves to all branches of service and it also served what I wrote also served as the guideline for courses I instructed during that time yeah so and uh, um, Hammer Strength was a sponsor um, for certification Uh so once you did the fitness assessments you went through my four-day class Uh, I was contracted by the Air Force the Reserve Command to do that um, that was pretty cool. That is you, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's where it all started for me. Mm-hmm. So the exercise physiology, the science was one thing. Um, doing personal consulting and actually had a manu- manufactured a line of supplements called Dynamic Dimensions for a period of time, uh-huh. which I consigned to different fitness centers in the local area. Yeah. Um, yeah. That uh, that all led to where I'm at today, basically, and everything else in between. Um, there's a lot of different 
experiences and opportunities I took. And of course, you got to make money. Yes. So I ended up doing a lot of other things too. So I, I burnt the candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. As many folks yes. do. Now this <clears throat> book comes out, Overweight and Unfit No More. And tell me, where did the inspiration come from? Well, when I was uh, at a period of time in the mid-90s, I was taking on clients and also took on clients in at the base gym was the big one and found out that you know, people would ask me questions about diet, um, you know, what the, could they do to improve the strength, bulk the muscle, and it ended up in the conversations about, you know, what do you think about removing adipose tissue through liposuction, you know, or what do you think about steroids, or mm-hmm. what do you think about, you know, ketosis or ketone diets, you know, yeah. er, early on, you wow. know, and I... And for the most part, I said, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do because mm-hmm. I don't do, that's not the way I work yeah. when I program. It's basically giving people choices and options and try to find common ground so that they can be successful in whatever fitness goal they're searching for. So most of the time it was a fitness goal and it dealt with muscular strength, endurance, um, cardio fitness, um, dealt with weight loss was the big one, mm-hmm. uh, flexibility, mobility, and tell you the truth, yeah. it burnt me out. Mm. And I thought, you know, if I could just write a book and just put everything in there, yeah. all the all the secrets, if I had all the industry <laughs> secret, secrets in there and it laid out the truths, the half truths and the flat out lies uh-huh. and had programming for, you know, fitness goals and changing um lifestyle habits mm-hmm. give you these choices you would probably be able to customize your own fit healthy habits program yeah and and that's what the book is and that's what it's about is it can actually save somebody hundreds if not thousands of dollars wasting and you know spinning your wheels mm-hmm. um, so that was my big motivation it was basically working with clients literally hundreds through the years yeah uh, some were paid some weren't paid uh, and I just thought Boy, somebody needs to put this book out. I don't know if I'll make any friends in some of the industries, but, <laughs> but you know what? If you're not truthful with what's going on, if you can't mm-hmm. help some people in your life mm-hmm. and give something back, I, I don't know what it's all about. Yeah, I don't either. You're listening to Speaking Freely with Lucinda Kay, and we're talking to Mark Woodard. He is originally from Tigard, wrote a book called Ageless Mirror Athlete, Overweight and Unfit No More. You said that you might make some folks in the industry mad. What are some pieces of information in there that uh, yeah. people are saying, yes, this is the way. And you're like, no, stop it. Yeah. Well, you know, you got a lot of celebrities out there. You also have infomercials and you only see half, uh, half the information. So it's the other half the information you don't see. Mm-hmm. So when you have a celebrity or you have somebody that's um, been an Olympia, you know, um, bodybuilder, you have, you know, kids watch this stuff, yeah. football players, mm-hmm. And what you got to really, what you start realizing after a while is if you're not on the juice, you're not competing. Okay. So there's a lot of pressure, um, you know, to, to go along with, you know, the champions, right? Okay. You want to be a champion, you know, it's more so, it's more than just eating your Wheaties, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot more involved in that. But competing against an unfair um, scenario, um, you know, yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that, but <laughs> go ahead and repose the question so I can get back on track. Yeah. Like, what do you think are some of the, what are some of the biggest misconceptions folks are like right now we have access to so much information. Yeah. So much is coming at us. Yep. So many different 
celebrities and non-celebrities are like, use my product yep. and you will win the day. Well, there are a lot okay. of lies out okay. there. Okay, so, so, so some diets are, are heavy in carbohydrates, some diets are heavy in proteins, mm -hmm. some diets are heavier in fats. And it's, it's, uh, if you're looking at a balance you know, which of macronutrients, you want a balance of those things because yeah. your body craves a balance of all those things. Yeah. So if you see a celebrity that really looks good, you know, they're polished up in front of a camera or on stage, they're probably at the best fitness condition of, the, of their lives, but you don't know exactly what they did. Mm -hmm. These testimonials um, are either true or they're not true. In a lot of cases, there's half truths to them. Yeah. It's the other half truth you can't see. And there's also genetics involved. So... You know, if you're going heavy with the proteins, uh, you know, you're putting your body in a state of ketosis to burn fat. And the ketones are used as a fuel mm -hmm. source, right? But, um, you know, if you look at the science behind that, some people might be genetically predisposed, um, you know, to get um, um, disease uh -huh. from that, sure. from going that direction. And when you look at the carbohydrate, you know, you're looking at uh, high sugar content or blood sugar content, mm -hmm. uh, you know, where there's diabetes, uh, obesity, you know, now it's impacting our kids. And if you're high in fat, then it's the carbohydrate scenario. Going back to the, um, the, the high proteins, you know, it's been associated with kidney stones, um, you know, kidney problems and things mm -hmm. of that sort. As a matter of fact, in the book, there's a backstory about a client I had that did exactly just that. Took the Atkins diet to a whole new extreme yeah. based on what a celebrity was doing. And, you, you know, you walk in, you see this person three months later, and all they're doing is eating bacon, peanuts, and drinking ultralight beer. Oh, my gosh. And, and that put him in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. And, and, then, and then three months later, you know, um, gained an extra 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. But that's what I'm talking about is so when you're looking at these programs, they all vary. I even did my own um, uh, weight loss diet program so I could show how you could lose weight sure. through a seafood diet. Uh -huh. And it was no different than something coming to your doorstep, right? And you're losing weight really fast. The problem with a lot of people, it's not that all these things are all bad. The problem is, is that people over do what it is they shouldn't sure, be doing right <laughs> and so you know how do you how do you deal with that well some people need somebody to help program that so yeah. you can receive something maybe get that benefit but it's the long-term habits mm -hmm. you know that don't change for a lot of people some people can change the lifestyle habits mm -hmm. and they can do that for years and years and years and but most can't yeah well, that's where a good coach and trainer comes in, right? Yep. Like we can honest, an honest coach and trainer. Yeah, somebody who's going to hold you accountable and keep you encouraged. And yeah, so I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of and and I and I say in the book that you know there's a lot of good trainers, there's a lot of good fitness programmers, there's honest celebrities. Mm -hmm. I I would like to think, uh, although I'm not a celebrity, I would like to think that I've been an honest fitness consultant. Mm -hmm. I've tried to do the right thing, yeah. um, been honest, but the problem is you don't know who those people are. Mm -hmm. And just because, you know, let's take a 50 year old doesn't have the same maintenance requirements as a 20 or 30 year old. Right. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. Genetically, we're all different. Health history, we're all different. Yeah. And seasons of our life. Yeah. And environment. Yep. Everything. Environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there's a whole lot involved there. And this all boils down to health literacy education. Yeah. And I always thought, that if you could um, bring this into our K-12 schools, which I write about, mm -hmm. and city recreation could be used as an educational format mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of different ways uh, that 
early on in age, you learn to value these things, healthy lifestyle, right. healthy living. Yeah. And then that would change the next generation's value system yeah. and what they value. Yes. So, yeah. So this all this all this stuff just goes around full circle. Yeah. And, I, you know, <clears throat> um, I grew up with flower children. So I grew up eating, you know, my mama grew sprouts on the, you know, on the counter and had sourdough rising by the hearth. And so I grew up eating healthy and never developed a palate for fast food. I don't really have a sweet tooth. And when I was a kid, PE was a huge part of our lives mm-hmm. and the national youth sports program that I got to participate in the summer. And, you know, so health, wellness, fitness has always been a part of my life. So women much younger than me, I have much more energy than women much younger than me because I still maintain all of these. Yeah. You look fit, healthy. healthy. I mean, you're doing something practices. right. Yeah. I can say this is, this is the honest truth. <laughs> yeah. Cindy, you look fit, healthy. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. Keep up so the good much. work. Thank you. <laughs> share that. Um, share that education, that information you have well, with other people. I used to be a trainer. I mean, back when I was in my twenties. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was a nationally qualified bodybuilder and powerlifter and trainer for a long time. That's that's so, pretty cool. You know, I love all of this and really practice it and preach it for sure. But you know, it's pra- interesting. But the practice <clears throat> is so important, and I treat it as a practice. It's, there's no end game. I'm not getting ready for competition. Just I'm nourishing myself, fueling myself so that we can do good things in the world, so that we have enough endurance to socialize and go dancing and, you know, stay awake. (laughs) Yeah, It's it's all about living your life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody wants to do that. And you look at yourself in the mirror and you're happy with yourself. You're and you're motivated to do what you do and you keep doing the same thing. It's like I look at myself in the mirror. I said in the book, you know, I'm about 10 pounds or 15 pounds overweight now. But, you know, I still try to maintain, and I have some internal injuries based on military service, but I still do the best I can to maintain what I have because I want to be able to go out and do those things. Like, say say you're out on a boat. Say if you went out to Lake Shasta, right? Uh I write about this as a little story, these little stories inside the book. Yeah. And I want to be able to take a tube, right? And, you know, if the boat pulls me on a tube, you know, can I get up on that tube? Mm-hmm. Well, I still enjoy doing that kind of stuff. Now, the wakeboarding I don't do anymore mm-hmm. based on, uh, you know, internal health scenario. You know, it's, you get bones, get tendons, get weak, things like You sure. don't want to take a risk on ruining right. that. But there's some things that you want to be able to keep doing. If you can do what you see other 30 or 40 year olds can't do, it makes you feel pretty dang good. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm every day I'm grateful that I'm... You know, I'm th- I have slippery stairs near my house and I fell down the stairs. I slipped on a stair. This was a handful of months ago, but I was able to engage my core immediately, land flat on my rear end and hold myself steady. Whereas if I didn't take care of myself, you know, I would have been really injured as as it is. I was injured enough. But imagine if I didn't take care of myself every day. Right. You know, so like daily stuff like that, you can fall on the curb let alone just going out and having a good time. You can. I, I, I recollect uh, being in a wheelchair for many years, um, going through a couple different surgeries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I was doing a property management inspection for a fairly large corporation and lost control of the wheelchair. And um, the sidewalk was slightly sloped and breaking myself, I ripped both my rotor cuffs. Wow. You know, so it's just something that simple. And I was in shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm yeah. telling you, I was in shape before I had these surgeries. Yes. And I was also into amateur bodybuilding when I was in the service. Mm-hmm. But a, uh, early on in my career, a drunk driver hit me and um, 
it just messed up my back. It yeah. just really ruined me for a long time. But I got through that. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like anything else in the book. It tells I, I tell how I do that in the backstories. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you do have illness, disease, you've gone through injury, you've had surgeries. Um, there's a lot you can do to um, target pain yeah. and learn to work around that and yeah. accept a certain amount of pain so you could get moving forward. Right. Well, that's a whole different mindset in itself. And yeah. nobody teaches you how to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I can talk to somebody and I can be a consultant and I can say, these are the things you need to do. But when it happens to you, it's a totally different ball game because now you're hit with the, the depression, the anxiety, mm-hmm. the, the, the loss of income, all kinds of things. But mm-hmm. what I learned through that process is a referral system that I didn't even know I needed to understand. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I didn't understand is mm-hmm. got to get on this stuff right away. And you also need to have somebody guide you. Mm-hmm. And inside this book is that guidance. And there's a full chapter on that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody has something. Everybody does. Everybody's going to go through hard. Yep. And if you will practice the art of wellness, you can so much more easily mitigate, maneuver, finesse through the Ab- hard. Absolutely. What are some like joy moments that you love to share when it comes to clients? And when when people read your book, I'm sure it's life changing for some people. It is. I mean, I've, I've had clients that took me at, you know, what I was saying was truth. And I was able to convince one way or the other, um, you should try to go this route. Go the safe, low risk route first. And then if you have any concerns or questions, you know, talk to your medical doctor, Mm -hmm. you know, to see if this is right for you. So um, keeping me on track, help me get to where it is I need to go. So give me the rest of the dissertation on your question so I can <laughs> well I, I just I want to know about the joy where does the pride come from when you well when you when you get somebody that actually has success mm-hmm. and then they don't need your services anymore and you know that was one thing is that um, I didn't try to hang on to clients forever mm-hmm. when I saw that they said hey well I think I can do the rest of this on my own I've lost 10 pounds I lost 12 mm-hmm. I'm able to do this um, you know I probably could have convinced them to do something different sure maybe I could have done an advanced program mm-hmm. where I could have brought in some more money or income for myself I didn't do that so I had some people say hey you're losing a almost a lifetime client here you know why would you do that because they might go someplace else I said because the joy in doing what I do is making them whole mm-hmm. and independent mm-hmm. and give them the ability to do this themselves. That's what this information is about. And when you work with each client, it, you can spend two or three hours mm-hmm. uh, and you can make $100 an hour, hundreds of dollars an hour. Yeah. But you know, tell you the truth, that's not right. This should be in our educational system. Mm-hmm. People can take this information, they can learn the basics, they can learn as much as they want, go into the advance, and they can do this themselves. And I had a lot of clients do that, and that mm-hmm. brought joy to me. Yeah. I, you know, to directly answer that question. And empower. Oh, I'd love to see, I'd love to see kids, I'd love to see kids, mm-hmm. kids like in their educational system, get the basics of this information, and you would see the same joy and happiness it brought to me to those kids because they learn and who do they teach? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. going to teach their parents. They're going to teach their friends, their neighbors. They want to share what they learned. So when you make a connection, like mm-hmm. say in city recreation, when you make a connection with activities and healthy activities, 
all this stuff goes hand in hand. A kid might come up and say, how'd you learn to kick that ball so, so good? And you hit the net every time. Uh-huh. Well, I learned if I did these drills or these exercises, I'd get stronger and I'd have more endurance. Right. And then I, I, I worked on speed, you know, and I was able to outperform, you know. And these are the things that I think kids are missing in school. And um, I just think it's just it's just the direction we need to go as a nation. Mm-hmm. I, I would almost, when I started writing this, I thought, how cool would it be to start your state legislator? Yeah. You know, put something on a bill to say, hey, we're going to support this and provide some dollars mm-hmm. for the education system that brings that in. So you have these core curriculum, you know, core curriculum. Right. Why, why isn't this a piece of that? So mm-hmm. now I know when I was in grade school, most specifically when I hit ninth grade, Health literacy education was there. Now, it wasn't really connected to fitness, physical education. Those were two separate things, but you can make that connection. And those things, there's, there's something in transition now being lost because it's not only in the school systems, but it's also in the diet, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, what are we doing in the diet that's different mm-hmm. today than we were doing yesterday? Why is one and three or three to five children in the population now obese? When I was a kid, I didn't see that. Uh-huh. It's very rare. Mm-hmm. So what changed? Mm-hmm. Okay, so processed th- foods. <laughs> there's a whole section in there on that. You know? Devices. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. And you talk about um, the other thing I wanted to go back on is um, fitness products. Yeah. You know, and you know this probably better than anybody is that an ab cruncher is not going to get you to your fitness <laughs> no. goal. If that goal is to lose weight. There's a whole lot of other things involved. Sure. Now it might give you strong abs. Can you see those well, abs underneath? Yeah, eventually. If you did it just right, <laughs> otherwise it's probably going to develop an a-, a belly that sticks out, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can have you can have that. <laughs> uh, talk. It's it's not easy to write a book. Oh no, no. <laughs> you know we all have bright ideas. I've got a lot of books I want to write. Yep. But I haven't done it because it's hard work. It is. So what was the journey like to write your book? And get well. It I, w- I would say for any aspiring um, book writers out there is that realize to do a good job, especially a factual, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. And you have to have a direction or know where you're going. And you really have to be passionate about what you're writing about. And to have experience in it is really helpful. It's totally different than fiction. Um, but that journey has a lot, had a lot of highs and lows. The first uh, manuscript I sent out came with 540 changes. Uh, and then I didn't even know if there was going to be any bite. Um, so I just either had a choice. I could throw it away yeah, or I could crack, crack into it a little bit more. And I did that. And I kind of put myself into that writer's corner for years and years and years. And I know it was frustrating on my wife for a lot, in a lot of times, a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is one part of a process, a long process, and it's done now. Okay, so now the next hard process comes is trying to find a traditional publisher. Yeah. Um, because you can self-publish like I did, mm-hmm. uh, but you still, unless you've got a big bankroll. Right, you still have to get it out there. You have to get it out there. And <laughs> yeah. I've done that, but I haven't done it to the magnitude that a traditional publisher can do. So the mm-hmm. realization is, the other thing is, is there's no guarantee yeah. that your project's going to be taken on, even after all that hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it does get taken on, that's pretty cool, you know, because then you can proliferate this, not only nationally, but glo- globally. And that's exciting. So I have been rated by the 
um, U.S. Book Review as a recommended uh-huh. read, awesome. um, which not every book gets that, and um, Pacific Review as, um, you know, both rated me an A-grade book. Awesome. So does an A-grade mean... I'm going to get a get a contract with a traditional publisher. I hope so. Uh-huh. You know, so that's the next process. So it doesn't just stop there. Or if you if you if you know people and you have a big name, everybody knows, mm-hmm. you know, then you've got an easier easier way in. Maybe you can write a manuscript, submit it, and then they say, "Hey, we want more. We'll give you a contract." So, right. yeah, it's 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 rough, but you know, I just said if I could help a few people. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like when we adopted our two girls. Mm-hmm. Um if we could save one, well, saving two would be best, right? Because your adopt, adopt kids is, comes with its own challenges, right? Yes. Um, you know, that's worth it. It's kind of like the book. If mm-hmm. this book helps a certain number of people, and, but I never make anything on it, I'm okay with that too. Mm-hmm. So I did it. Yeah. So, so, so my bucket sure list came. Did. My bucket list came early. <laughs> That's awesome. You're listening to Speaking Freely. I'm Lucinda Kay, and today we're talking to Mark Woodard. He wrote the book Ageless Mirror Athlete. All kinds of fabulous secrets and information, and it's so educational to learn how to take good care of yourself and how to practice that. On this show, Mark, I like to talk about daily practices because I interview so many amazing people. And we all need to be able to keep ourselves motivated, boost our endurance, pick ourselves up even when it's hard. So what are your personal daily practices that help push you through? Uh, yeah, see, that's something I, do, I really don't share, but I will because I think people want to know what, I, what it is I do. My focus is se- a seasonal focus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so every quarter I reprogram myself. So if I know that I'm going to be doing more hiking, I program myself to do more hiking. If I'm going to go boating, mm-hmm. I program myself to be able to do those activities. Mm-hmm. And some of it's, you know, when you've got a bad back, bad hips, uh, you know, and you have um, nerve pain throughout your whole back, you have to learn to work around those trigger points, yeah. which requires specialized programming. Yeah. This book talks about that stuff. Mm-hmm. So for me, what I'm doing right now is I'm focused on strength. Mm-hmm. Um, I walk every day regardless of what season it is. So mm-hmm. I was walking up to 10 miles uh, a day to 12 when basically I was told I would probably be dependent on mobility devices for the rest of my life back in 2004. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. So that lit a fire under me and yeah. I won't stop doing that. Only problem is I've got I have a hip that I, and it talks about this in the book, where I had bone graft done to save it. I got avascular necrosis of both hips. Mm-hmm. I lost one. The other one's failing. Um, so that's cut my walking down to about five or three miles a day. Uh-huh. And that's really tough. So, because that's really important to me. Right. Okay. So aside from that, I'll walk to the gym uh-huh. and there's a couple gyms in the local area I go to. And I'll work on strength. So right now I'm working on upper body. So I'm doing a lot of chin-ups and I use different grips to do the chin-ups. Yeah. Because if I'm serious about hiking and I have to go up a slight ravine, I need that upper body strength. So I have at least three points of contact. Mm -hmm. So those are the things I like to do. I also like to go out and target practice. And, you know, if you target practicing and you're walking anywhere, you got a load on your body. So you have to, you have to do activities that put a little bit of load on you. So when you got a bad back and hips, there's a fine line to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and And then what are, what's your mental practice? And we only have like about a minute left. Oh, mental practice. Oh, when when I'm in the, when I'm, when I'm in the gym, this is really fun. I have specific 
music that I like to listen to. Ah, cool. And I found that that really is inspirational and motivational to me. It takes me back mm-hmm. to, to, to my past. Mm-hmm. And my past, like in the book, talks about the past and find motivational inspiration from your past and that'll help bring you forward. Don't forget your past yeah. because that's who you are. Right. We get lost in transition well, as to who I we are. I always say, don't let yesterday dictate tomorrow. Use yesterday's wisdom to create better tomorrows. That's right? right. We have so many layers of learning, and so that makes us who we are to help propel don't us forget, forward. Don't forget that stuff because but you're going to find But it's not the boss of us, right? No, it's not the boss. <laughs> you're going to find your motivation and inspiration from your past, and there's a whole chapter that talks about that. That's so awesome. A final word from you, Mr. Mark Woodard, author of Ageless Mirror Athlete. Final word? Yeah. I, I, I always tell people, um, you know, good health to you and your family and, um, you know, get inspired and motivated about something. Find a passion that drives you into an a- activity that keeps you moving. Mobility is everything. And without it, um, you know, as you get older, it's, it, it, your body will fail you in a lot of different ways. Keep on moving. Keep on trucking. Thank you so much to Mark Woodard. (laughs) The book is Ageless Mirror Athlete. It's easy to find online. This is Lucinda Kay on Speaking Freely. Get out there and be your best bold self.